Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What's going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, back at it again. We are. It's. I'm recording this on Tax Day, April fifteenth. God, this day sucks. Uh, Thursday, we are officially a week away from the NFL draft. Does it get any better? Uh, honestly, does it get any better than the NFL draft? Easily post Super Bowl, the best thing, because. Uh, free agency is overrated. The combine's cool and all. A lot of good rumors come out, and we get a lot of cool rumors between free agency leading up to the draft. But really, the draft is what we were all waiting for, and it's right around the corner. I'm gonna hit on that today because Daniel Jeremiah, after Peter King wrote some stuff, just maybe the Arizona Cardinals aren't in all, all in on Kyler Murray. Could the Raiders be interested? I'll touch on that a little later. He. He, had want, he told me personally he thought it was 100%. I'd been hearing it was like 100%. He tweeted today that he thought it's he'd go about 60%. Could, could a massive draft day trade be done with the Raiders? That would be pretty sweet. Uh, the Masters, obviously, yesterday. I'm, I'm going to tie that into Tom Brady coming up here in a second. And then this Russ Wilson thing that Colin kind of started weeks ago. Uh, is there, clearly there's smoke. Where there's smoke, they say there's fire. It looks like the forest is on fire right now. We'll dive into that. But let's start. Tiger Woods won his 15th major, his fifth Masters. I would imagine if you listen to this, even if you're not a big golf guy, I mean, you watch that. It was probably one of the coolest. I mean, for me personally, it's the coolest sporting event I've ever seen. 
And there's top probably three or four things up there. The San Francisco Giants win their first World Series. I went to Game 7. When was that? Like four years ago. Remember when the Cavs came back and LeBron beat the Warriors, the 73-win Warriors in Oracle. I mean, I was rooting for the Warriors. But it was cool to experience. That that, that would be right up there. I've I've been to a Super Bowl. Uh, The Broncos... When they played the Panthers a couple years ago here in the Bay Area, that that was pretty cool because I had a lot of money on the Broncos. But that 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 was as good as it got yesterday from just sports. And I, I think what truly makes it special, like why I got into sports, I, I wrote for my school newspaper in, in college. When I got started working in football, uh, and, and then even when I got into the media, and I've I was already I've always tell people like, oh, you're just a former NFL scout working in the media. No, I was actually a media guy that happened to work in the NFL, and now I'm in the media again. Like, I'm a media guy. That's what I am. That's who I am. That's how I'm wired. But I love sports. Like, I, I didn't get in it for race baiting, uh, to interwove politics into sports. I got in it to talk about the games and, and the coaches and even, like, the salary cap stuff and the draft. and all. I, I, I like everything that goes along with the league, but not a lot of the way that we talk about the leagues now and, and really – that gets people evokes emotion now on television. I hate all that crap. I just I just want to talk about Tiger Woods. That's why I love Michael Jordan. It was just about basketball. And I, I, I watched him yesterday, and the number one thing that stands out is the guy's will to win is really, in my life, there are only three guys I can even put on his level. And it's why we all like sports. It's why we all some of these guys are like our heroes when we're young. Because it all starts, You really, your whole life is based on young experiences, kind of the way you think and the way you act. Now, you mature as you get older or whatever, but your sports, if you're listening to this, and I know I get a lot of your guys' DMs, we'll do the Middlecoff mailbag a little bit later, slide up in those DMs, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle, answer your questions at the end of the podcast. I get a lot, I'm a Titans fan, I'm a Bengal fan, I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm a Jets fan. You've been that fan since you were really young. You know, since you were six, seven, eight, and you just started watching football, probably with your dad or your brother, your mom or whoever, your grandpa. That's where it all starts. And for me, what sucks, I grew up a big Niner fan, and I love Steve Young. I love Jerry Rice. But then as you get older and I worked in football, you kind of become numb to it. So my fandom, I, I kind of live through you guys. When people get super fired up of a playoff win or a playoff loss or, or a trade, again, I like all that stuff, and I love talking about it. But I no longer no longer emotionally think about it the same because now it's like, oh, how can I sell ads with this topic? How can I make money off this? This is my business. And what was cool about watching Tiger yesterday is it kind of evoked young John's emotion because I've been watching this guy. I actually watched him hit balls when I was like 10 years old and he was at Stanford. He's nine years older than me. Casey Martin and Noda Begay were on the Stanford golf team and it was awesome. And the thing I love about him most, watching him yesterday, is his just desire and will to win. Any means necessary. Now, it doesn't mean he's always going to win, but you have to kill him. It's not about the money. Now, he is super rich, and he wins and makes a lot of money. But his number one goal, and there was something that went viral on Twitter the other day, was to dominate. And he said that at 19 years old. I, I play golf to dominate. And that's always kind of been his internal wiring. And I, I think, I, I'm not a patriot. I didn't grow up in New England or, I, hell, I spent most of my life in California. I love Tom Brady. Because at the end of the day, and I think this is why, whether you love him, whether you hate him, you respect him, is because Tom, all the fluff, 
all the BS that goes along with the NFL right now, contracts, talking about money, and I don't, that's not even necessarily fluff, but the number one goal for TB12 is to win. And we've seen it. He's at, he tweeted the other, or put it on Instagram, was going out to throw in his backyard, and he grabbed his helmet that he had not put on since the end of the Super Bowl. I think there are parallels with Tom and Tiger and Michael. Because at the end of the day, like, let's call it what it is. One thing about LeBron, the money's a huge aspect of it. The power, being power hungry. Wanting to, like, fire coaches and being, that's a huge part of LeBron. That The number one goal for Tom is to win the Super Bowl. The number one goal for Tiger is to win majors. The number one goal for Michael, he was a little deeper, was to win championships and kick the living shit out of you while he was doing it. That's why... Anyone that watched Michael just loves him, unless you're like a Knicks fan. But I, I, I don't think we see that as often anymore. And it's kind of, it's something like, listen, in the mid-90s, most kids love Brett Favre. It's why most people my age, Brett Favre has kind of a special place in our heart. Just because you had to drag him off the field. Literally, you had to drag him off the field. He went about it a little differently, but I would put this guy in that category too as Peyton. Like his number one goal now he the money he loved it and he does a lot of ads he makes a lot of cash but it always felt like the only thing he true like his number one goal was always winning and that's something that i think in this day and age with all these nba players calling themselves ceos baseball players won't shut up about how they're going to strike in a couple years like good luck having fans come back after you you know strike a year when the average salary is four million dollars in this economic climate that, that, that that'll play well that, that'll play well. But I think at the end of the day, Tiger's worth five, six, seven hundred million. He has kids. He had more injuries than most NFL players will ever have. And you just couldn't bury him. He just refused to die. And I think you could say the same thing about Tom Brady. Forever. People are like, this is going to be his last year. This is going to be his last year. His drive to win. Because that's what else is driving him now. He doesn't need any money. He doesn't need any more fame. He doesn't need any more Super Bowls. Like, what else does Tom need? He needs one thing, and that's to win. And he's addicted to it. And it's the thing that comes through the screen most when you watch Tom play. Like, winning is his only goal. If that means handing off 40 times, if that means throwing 50 times, he'll do whatever it takes. And it's why he's the greatest quarterback of all time. It's why, again, I'm a little biased. I didn't watch Jack play. It's why I think Tiger's the greatest golfer of all time. And I, I think it just jumped out the screen yesterday. It was just his burning desire to find a way. He didn't have his best going the first nine. I mean, he wasn't very good. He was holding on for dear life. Molinari kind of fell apart. But you just you couldn't kill him. And it's cool. It's I mean, his first big, big, I mean, his first major victory of the Twitter era. It's been cool about Tiger and even LeBron. We we never got to experience Michael Jordan kind of as a group. You know, I I get to watch these sporting events now on social media, kind of with everyone. It's one of the it's one of the few positives about social media, about Twitter especially, is you kind of get to hang out and watch the game. It's cool. And yesterday, what makes an individual sport much different than football is we were all kind of rooting for Tiger. Like let's call it what it is. Like when the football starts, if the Chiefs are playing the Patriots. You know, I follow a bunch of Chiefs people, I follow a bunch of Patriot fans. Everyone's kind of pulling in a different direction, which is still fun. But, you know, it's not not everyone's kind of united. And it's not like football is a national sport, so we never get to be like, you know what, Team USA, we got Brady, we got Rodgers as our backup, our, our receivers are Julio, Odell, and Antonio, uh, our running backs, 
Gurley and Zeke, I mean, no one else has a team. So it's just, it's a unique deal. But I, I do think that I put Brady right up there with Tiger. I'd even throw, I always felt like that with Favre. Uh, and it's really, I think, what made him resonate and will resonate. Like, I, I think he's his career is going to age pretty damn well. And it, it was a little different because of how vocal he was. And he, and he went about it a little bit differently. But I think one of the reasons we all respect Peyton. Now, Peyton's a little more of a commercial whore. And he loves his cash. I don't blame him. I do, too. I need a little more of the tax bill I just had. But they're just will to win. And if you're really sports junkie, and I think if you're a lot of people listening to this are... It's it separates us. I mean, we have a lot of players on whatever team we rooted for over the years that we like, but there are select few that you just put on the level of I'd go to war with that dude any day of the week, and it's rare that that guy then is as good as Brady. Uh, and it's just it's fun to watch the best, and that's what I know. Sunday at the Masters was the one of the best, if not the best player of all time playing at a high level and winning at a high level when he shouldn't be because he's had fused back, broken knees, torn Achilles, uh, nine iron through his face. Somehow he's just came up on top, man. There, there are stuff in sports, even as analytics take a bigger role, and I'm not anti-analytics, that you just can never quantify. And there's something in Tiger, something in Tom Brady, there's something in Michael, they, they, they just had that whatever it is. And I, it's not even it. I mean, it was just because it's on a different level than they got it. It's like that's they're on a different level. But they got that something deep down, whether that's in your gut, whether that's in your heart. I don't even know where it is. I don't have it. But they got it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Okay, let's get into the other big story really, of the last couple weeks, and it's really kind of gained steam because Russell, I almost called him Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson had a kind of an arbitrary date that he made that today, if the Seattle Seahawks did not extend his contract, that he would no longer negotiate with them. And I was thinking about this, actually last night, I was trying to watch Game of Thrones, I'm going to be honest, not a huge fan. Uh, just doesn't really do it for me. So I was thinking instead about Russell Wilson. And I guess I've been in a couple negotiations. Clearly nothing like this much money. But usually in negotiations, one side has a little more leverage than the other. Now, when you're the quarterback, you have leverage in the sense that your number is going to be really high. But at the end of the day, you don't have that much leverage. This is not the NBA. Because if this was the NBA... You would basically, we would talk about Russell Wilson like Kevin Durant. Like, he's going to leave the Seahawks next year. They, they have no choice. But they have this thing called the franchise tag. So a team is not going to get shoved around in a negotiation. I know Colin says this all the, all the time, and it's true. The NFL is a management league. Management does not get pushed around. So you can set these random dates. You are going to have a new contract by April 15th. Or what? We'll franchise you next year? We'll franchise you again the following year? Now, is there an elephant in the room? And I'm a believer, beside Brady and Rodgers and Breeze, but clearly those guys are going nowhere, of anyone you know under their age, you know, Rodgers, what, 35, 36, but anyone 31 or younger, the only guys who their team to me would not trade straight up for Russell Wilson Every other team probably would not hesitate trading their quarterback. That includes Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Wentz. Like they're getting traded for Russell Wilson would probably would be Luck and Mahomes. Everyone else, their team would trade their quarterback in a blink of an eye. Obviously, would take more than that. But so it shows. Like Russell is an all-time great quarterback. I'm a little biased because I've just watched him so much. Just in this in the NFC West against the I I think he's spectacular. 
Now, clearly Seattle probably doesn't like him as much as me. Or maybe they just think, what the hell's my rush? Now, is it great business? Like the one one issue I have with John Schneider, he's a great talent evaluator. Him and Pete have built a fantastic culture. They The one season they missed the playoffs, they went 9-7. and seven, Boom, right back in the playoffs this year when a lot of people thought they were the worst team in the league. They're good at what, they're, what they do. They're not great businessmen. Like, they, they screwed up everyone on defense's value. Uh, Earl Thomas just walked. You know, Richard Sherman, they, they had to cut. Cliff Averill's career just ended. Cam Chancellor just over. Michael Bennett, they traded for nothing. They're not... There's a knock on them. Value isn't really their thing. They've made some aggressive trades that have backfired. Jimmy Graham, uh, Percy Harvin... Like that that's probably their big red flag. Is there they could use a Howie Roseman mind in their building. But when it comes to evaluating, I mean, the reason Russell Wilson is on Seattle's team is because John Schneider talked Pete Carroll into it. I'm sure most people if you're listening probably know the story. Obviously, Pete Carroll's a little more old school. He met him, he's like, God, this guy's a midget. Then the more they watched him play, and John Schneider kept pounding the table, pounding the table, the rest is history. But I, I don't quite understand Russ's side. His agent is a baseball agent. So they look, you know, they, they look at these NFL contracts like pooey. Like, you're going to guarantee me what? I want fully guaranteed money. And that was what they tried to do last time around, and it didn't work. But the thing is, man, you, you just don't get to shove around NFL GMs. They shove you around. The Antonio Brown situation, somewhat of an outlier, he was also saying things publicly that ruined his ability to put him back in the locker room even if they had wanted to. Like, he was just crushing the quarterback. Russell is not going to... Like, okay, if you told me that Russell is going to start saying some shit about players on the team and Pete Carroll, then I'd go, okay, he's got some leverage. But we all know he's not going to do that. Is there a more image-conscious player in all of sports than Russell Wilson? That In all of sports than Russell Wilson. I mean, he was on record as he was waited till he was a virgin, till he married his first wife. Then he dumped her. Then he waited again with Ciara, who has a song about my goodies, also had a kid. A little unbelievable. I think that's why Richard Sherman thought he was a fraud. I think there's some fraudulent elements to Russell, though I might be wrong, and I might, you know, is it fair to me to judge? I don't necessarily judge him. I just think sometimes the way he talks at podium, he doesn't say anything. I can see we're driving like guys like Richard Sherman nuts. So I did understand that. But the one thing I always defended Russell Wilson toward toward LOB that was always talking crap to him in practice was, hey guys, you need this dude. This is a quarterback league. You need this guy to play well. And when he plays well, you guys are unstoppable. And then as time went on, he's a better player than all you guys now. But here's, I, I just don't understand what is ultimately going to be accomplished by this random arbitrary day that if you're listening to this on Tuesday was yesterday or Wednesday, it was two days ago. Like, why, why can't we negotiate over OTAs or, or just over the next couple months? What is the rush? I will pay you, clearly. Maybe they think they're not going to get paid. Maybe like Colin's theory that he wants to go to New York. But even if he wants to go to New York, one, you can't trade Russell Wilson without get Like, draft picks mean nothing. I, I need a quarterback. You spend your entire career trying to land a franchise, not just a franchise quarterback. Like Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback. Russell Wilson is a star quarterback, is a super, is a top three or four quarterback, is a superstar. Like this is the whole point of your job if you're a coach or you're a GM or you own a franchise is to get this guy. Now you have him. 
So he's not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. They could play this year out, then they could tag him, then they could tag him again, and hell, they could tag him a third time. So it's like, okay, Russ, you'll be 35 by then. Like, this is not the NBA. So I I don't know quite what's going to be accomplished. I do think in this situation, you know, the saying, there's smoke, there's fire, there's clearly some fire here. But John Schneider could just take a bucket of water and just, you know, put the fire out. Now, maybe it starts again in a year, and then he'll take the bucket and put the fire out again. Then he'll take another bucket and put the fire out again. I just, I'm not sure the, there's any end in sight unless they want to trade him. And to me, if they want to trade him, then they're both going to get fired. And these are two of the best. I mean, Pete Carroll's a top five head coach in the NFL. I think most people around the league would tell you John Schneider's one of the best at what he does. So when you factor that in, how would they ever trade this guy? How could they ever trade this guy and get equal value back? To me, you, even if you got eight first round, five first round draft picks, it's like sixty percent on the on the sixty cents on the dollar. Again, your whole job description is to find this player who gets you to the playoffs. He proved last year with a roster of like five players that you know, and an NFL fan, not a casual fan. Like I'm a pretty diehard NFL guy. I don't know, and I and I watched the NFC West very closely. But last year with their roster turnover, it was hard to name a bunch of players. Now, I could name more than five, but I don't know if I could name you 20. I mean, a couple years ago, you could name you could name every starter on the Seahawks. They had one of the more famous teams in the league. Now, I mean, legitimately, it'd be hard to name 10 Seahawks. He didn't just, they didn't just have a good year. He led them to the playoffs. And you, I, I don't quite can wrap my head around why they wouldn't pay him. Now, his demands are a little crazy. Now, crazy is also anytime you try to be a trailblazer. He's trying to, you know, put his contract in relative to the salary cap, which I think has some merit, which I get. But again, if regardless of how good he is, I just don't see the rush from Seattle Seahawks management. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. 
Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You know, before we get in the Middlecoff mailbag, this this Kyler Murray thing's getting a little weird. Now, I've been saying all along, it's clear they're probably going to, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen on draft day. Now, you know, the league wants to keep the suspense, makes sense. They don't want it just to be a lock a week and a half before the draft, who's going to go with number one. Because right now, we all kind of assume he's going to go one. But as long as, I saw Daniel Jeremiah say it on path to the draft. They're not going to have Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen on the team. So if they're not trading Josh Rosen, they're going to tr- either trade the pick or just take a player, which is kind of crazy. doesn't seem inconceivable. Now the elephant in the room, and I know Peter King wrote a bunch about it, that he had heard from countless people that Gruden loves Kyler Murray. What would the Raiders be willing to give up for Kyler Murray? Would they trade pick four, pick 24, and like next year's pick, maybe. I don't think it's inconceivable. Uh, everything's always on the table with with John Gruden, but it's going to be fun. I mean, the draft isn't far away. This Kyler Murray thing, I, taking steam or slowing down, I'm not exactly sure how to quite pinpoint it or even verbalize it. I, I just don't know. You know, I, I, I really just don't, which makes it fun. Let's go. Okay, Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff, my Instagram handle, easiest way to get hold of me. Slide up in those DMs. I'll answer your questions. Jason Witten returned to the Dallas Cowboys, and I haven't heard anything on who will be his replacement on Monday Night Football. Do you know of any leading candidates or former players that may take over? Also, Fox did hire Jay Cutler before he came out of retirement to play with the Dolphins. How do you think he would be as an announcer? He seemed like he was always so miserable while playing and not much of a personality. Yeah, I don't think he'd be an option. There have been reports that what's going to happen is it's just going to be Booger. It's just going to be Tessator and Booger, which is going to be terrible. The part, part of the problem, Jason Witten's problem was, is I, I listened to him on a podcast with Rosillo, and he was loose, he was cool, he was confident. You know, when he was a player, he was confident. When he was in the booth, he just got tight. And some people, when the lights go on, as a media guy, I, you know, I've never been in the situation on Monday Night Football, but his personality, I don't think his true personality really ever came out. 
That's why he kind of fumbled his words. He, he never just felt confident. Now, in fairness to him, he had never done it. Anytime you do something for the first time, that's a pretty big you know stretch to go from right from the from playing in 2019 or 18 with social media and how intense everything is talked about. That was hard. It, it was basically impossible. You know, maybe I mean, Romo did it, and he's really an outlier in this to be that good, that fast. It was really unique. But he, Romo's also a quarterback. So I, Booger's going to do it. Booger spent most of his career in the SEC as an SEC analyst. I thought last year he just didn't have a great feel for the league. You know, I, I don't need crazy statistical or, excuse me, like X's nose breakdowns. I like to know stuff about players, where they're from. Now, granted, we know a lot about a lot of the main players, but I like backstories on guys, backstories on coaches. It's just stuff you have being around the NFL. And I don't think he had a great grasp of the NFL. And then Tessitore... It's Monday Night Football. This isn't a whack game on a Thursday night. This isn't some mid-level college football game on a Saturday. Testor's clearly a talented announcer, but he's a little cheesy, not like Jim Nance, kind of an undertone cheesy, like an over-the-top cheesy of just screaming that's not needed. It's like, Joe, this is Monday Night Football. Just let the game take a deep breath. It's okay. Listen to the latest Haberman Milkoff podcast. You guys talked about Russell Wilson's situation. Mentioned that April 15th is an arbitrary date, and it feels that way. Any juice to the idea that it could be Russell and this team tipping off the Giants on how to handle things just ahead of the draft? Now, that it's a fact that Russell will not be signing a long-term deal in Seattle. I don't know if that's a fact next year, but right now, yeah. The Giants don't know if they're going to invest in Haskins or whichever quarterback they might want to play for or ramp up trade negotiations with Seattle with the 2019 picks in play. The Giants have shown with Eli that they're comfortable with paying the star quarterback big money, and they will try to build around him with whatever's left. Granted, there's potential for Seattle to franchise him for the next few years, which I talked about earlier in the pod. But with the state of the league these days, it's easier than ever for players to pull the Kyrie move that you mentioned. Here's the thing, and I talked about it earlier on the podcast. You can pull the Kyrie move, or the most extreme is Antonio Brown, but you kind of got to be public about it. And that is just kind of what I'm betting against Russell Wilson doing. I don't think that he'll go scorched earth campaign. And when I say scorched earth campaign, for, for Russell Wilson would be just level, I want to be traded. Just that simple. I want to be traded. I don't think he has the stones to ruin his public image. Because even if the agent did it, he'd take all the shit for it. You know, it'd be clear that the agent's not doing that without his blessing. So I, I, I just, I, I can't see it. I, I, I really cannot see it. As I said earlier, there's a management league. Seattle has all the leverage in this. Russell can, Russell has the leverage in the sense that he's going to get a lot of money, but he doesn't control these negotiations of dates and times. They got this thing called the franchise tag. This is not the NBA. You're not Kevin Durant. You're not about to be a free agent. Because if he was, he would get stupid money. If Russell Wilson was going to be a free agent, I, I'd be like, yeah, if I was the Giants, I would not draft a quarterback. And I would operate like an NBA team, like the Knicks, and try to get Kevin Durant. I would do the same with Russell Wilson. I would have about $120 million, and I'd be prepared to pay Russell Wilson. Enormous cash. Give him five-year deal. Hell, five-year deal, $150 million, so 30 a year, fully guaranteed or something. You know, I, 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 he would be a Giant. That's not the way the league works. 
So I, I think he's just stuck. Okay, another question here. Now that Chris Hogan is signed with the Panthers and Gronk has retired, is it safe to say that the Patriots will use more, about half of their 12 picks in the top 101 on offense, wide receiver, tight end? Well, they have the one first round pick and then they got two second round picks. I'd be shocked if two of those three picks aren't offensive skill guys. Now, they took a running back last year in the first round, so they're not going to need that. When you look at wide receiver, they could easily take a wide receiver late in the first round. They could easily take a wide receiver with one of their two second-round picks. Now, the two second-round picks aren't great. They have their own second-round pick, and they have the Bears' second-round pick. So they're late second-round picks. Now, could they package those two second-round picks, move up in the second round, and get a wide receiver? To me, that seems likely. But they're going to need some offensive skill guys. Could they do one of these, like... Package pick thirty-two, and package one of their second to move up in the first and get a and you know to move to like twenty. What are they waiting on here? <laughs> the hoodie ain't getting any younger, so yeah, I, I I think they have to go offensive skill. John, I've always respected your ability to look at and call out opinions you've had where in hindsight you struck out. Good characteristic. Appreciate that. Not always right. But as I've learned from Colin, you can't be afraid to be wrong. Uh, In line with that, how much of your process and how much of a scout's process is driven by looking back at your misses and identifying why you miss on a particular player in evaluation? It seems to me that ego gets in the way of developing crucial information. What was it about a player that I missed on and how can I avoid making the mistake moving forward? Most of what I typically hear about in-draft process is looking is forward-looking analysis, looking at this prospect and how he will develop. Is this a fair assessment, or the majority of scouts also going back and analyzing, acknowledging a botch job to aid in the process of moving forward? That's a pretty good question. In my experience, I wasn't around it long enough in college scouting to know. I would imagine if you've been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years, maybe every three or four years you look at players To me, there'd be two different type players. It'd be the guys you missed on because you thought weren't very good. Now, if you missed on a player going, you know, there's so many variables here. I I don't want this player on our team because he's not a scheme fit. That's not saying he's not good enough. I don't want this player on the team because I don't think he's good enough. You go, well, and then that guy becomes a good player. That would be a guy you'd have to look back on. The ones that are difficult are the character ones. You know, I I don't like this guy's personality. I don't like this guy's, you know, he's got too much baggage. Whether What if you're one of these guys? You're a scout or you're a GM and you have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to like domestic violence. You're like, I'm not messing with Tyreek Hills of the world. I'm not messing with Joe Mixon's of the world. Well, sometimes those guys are going to be really good players. So I, I, I think... You'd have to separate it in bunches. Uh, I think sometimes I noticed when I was in Philly, some of our mistakes in free agency came with just some name recognition guys rather than probably truly evaluating, you know, maybe the bigger picture because they were older players. But I I think they've really done a good job since I've left uh, and really since they booted Chip out of the room of, you know, kind of getting over that. And, And I think the one thing that, 
you know, just in my experience that Howie and Andy, they're not afraid to make big splashes. Like, they're going to be aggressive. And I think it's just like a business philosophy. When you're going to be aggressive in anything, sometimes you're going to miss. Like, they really wanted a second wide receiver last year. They overpaid Sammy Watkins. Well, they had the best offense in the league. You know, it was worth the overpay in the sense that Tyreek Hill's still cheap. Mahomes is going to be cheap. Kelsey's under contract. It kind of it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, how he swung for the fences, he's done it before with, you know, obviously with Carson Wentz, and they've, they've done it with other players. Uh, I, I think that every individual player is its own entity, and I know the question was about going back and self-evaluating. I think the other element that's hard from a scouting perspective is there's so much coaching turnover. You know, it's one of those, like if I hire you to be a salesman, and, and let's say you know, I have a, uh, a construction business and I need you to sell like pipes or something. That's probably a bad example. I need you to sell, like I have a friend who's married, his wife crushes it. She, she sells like data storage and you either can kind of sell or you can't, you know, the product is the product. Everyone needs this product, but you have multiple options at the end of the year. You either sold, you know, $50 million worth of product, $20 million worth of product. I got a bottom line number. Where in football, if you're a younger player and you play sparingly, but you're doing well in practice, but the coach doesn't like you and the guy playing above you is an all-pro, you know, you're kind of immature, but your coach doesn't really feel you, but your front office really liked you. You know, how do you, in a couple years, and then you fire the position coach, you get another position coach in there, and then the guy becomes a good player, but... You know, I, I just, I think it's difficult. I really don't have a right or wrong answer for you on this one. I think at the end of the day, it's just really, really complicated. And it's why, you know, in my experience, it's hard to do because the coaches have so much control. Now, sometimes the guy just wasn't talented enough. Like Danny Watkins when I was in Philly. We drafted him, the Canadian dude. He was really good on college tape. But it, do you know what it was his undoing? is much more than his ability. He was like a 10-year-old human being. It was like he, he just couldn't... He, it was like, our, this is the NFL. He was like 15 years old, mentally. That, that was the reason he had no chance. None. It wasn't physical limitations. I don't know if he was ever going to be a great player. But he should have been a starter. But mentally, he just he wasn't there. Wasn't, wasn't mature enough. And was never going to be. My question is, what are the chances that the Seahawks and Giants and Cardinals do a three-way trade? I like where this is going. Russell Wilson, Josh Rosen, and the Giants' first-round pick. I, I think it's really unlikely. One, one trade we talked about on my other podcast, Haberman Middlecoff podcast, was what about a three-way trade like this? The Raiders trade two first-rounders and Derek Carr from four to one, and they give the Cardinals four, 27, and Derek. The Cardinals get Kyler. And then the Cardinals trade Rosen, let's say, to the Giants. To me, that's more realistic than Russell Wilson. Because to me, there's no way to a Russell. Let me see if I can figure out this trade. Where where do you got Russell Wilson going here? To the Cardinals? The the Russell, they they wouldn't trade. They they would rather jump in the Pacific Ocean and put uh, red meat all over them with blood everywhere, hoping a great white shark would attack them before they would trade. If I'm reading this question to the Cardinals in the division, that, that would 
one million percent never happen. Uh, again, might be might be screwing up the trade. Seahawks, Giants, and Cardinals do a three-way trade for Russell Wilson, Josh Rosen, and the Giants' first-round pick. So I'm assuming that Russell goes to the Cardinals, Josh Rosen goes to the Giants. I don't know. I'm even confused now. This is complicated. Uh, hey, mate, I'm a listener from Australia. Is this the DMs for your mailbag? That's the question. Yes, it is. <laughs> That, that's it. Those are my mailbag questions. These are my these are my listeners. Appreciate everyone listening. You know, we're, we're it's calm before the storm right now. I'm getting ready. You're getting ready. Let's do this. The draft right around the corner. Three and out podcast. Tell your friends. Subscribe, unsubscribe, and then subscribe again. See you later. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.